he goes and gets wings and throws them on the board. Now listen, man, this guy's breaking <laughs> barriers down. You're listening to Leafs Lunch with Julia Tusheri and Michael DeStefano on TSN 1050. The Leafs live here. Welcome back. Leaps Lunch on TSN 1050. Julia Tashari and Mike DiStefano with you at Scotiabank Arena. The Leafs have the Bruins for the third time this season at home. Puck drop at 7.30 tonight. Pre-game show goes down right here on TSN 1050 at 7 p.m. tonight. Yes. AB and I are very pleased. Yeah, I know. It's a 7.30 start. Throws you. 7.30 puck drop. We're very pleased to be joined right now by Toronto Sun Leafs reporter Terry Koshin. Does the 7.30 start throw you as much as it yeah, throws Yeah, it does. It's, it's, you say half an hour, but and we're probably talking about a 7.37 puck drop. Let's be... Yeah, that's oh, right. Yeah. But no, it does, you know what? For us, it's a deadline thing, so it does play around with that. But uh, yeah, it's... Uh, you know, we're all used to the 7 o'clock start now, and the half an hour does uh, throw a little a bit of a wrench into it for you. Well, sure. how different is it now, though, that like a lot of things are digital? Like, I mean, well, there still is clearly a print deadline. But well, it is still for us. We have to hit a print deadline. So I guess, you know, we still have that time to do things uh, for the web, mm-hmm. but it's um, just a half an hour closer to deadline for us print-wise. Yeah. So yeah. That's, that's the issue. Okay, so morning skate for the Leafs, morning skate for the Boston Bruins. What yeah. stood out to you from uh, the Leafs this morning? Well, you know, the Leafs uh, do the optional, and, and uh, you know, the guys who did speak to us say, look, we know how important this game is. Everyone has plane tickets booked for tomorrow. Uh, you know, we know Mitch <laughs> is going to Florida. I'm sure a lot of his teammates are heading to the same general area. And Sheldon Keefe said he's getting out of town. So you can't look past it. And what a game to not look past them to have this team coming in to play. I mean, all due respect, it's not the Columbus Blue Jackets or the Detroit Red Wings or anyone like that. It's the Boston Bruins, a team that the Leafs aren't going to catch in the Atlantic Division guys with the with the point spread being what it is now. But you have a chance to make a bit of a statement tonight. And I, I just think that they, they had that focus this morning. You guys spoke to uh, Sandine and Giordano. Alex Kerfoot uh, also, also spoke of that, the importance of, of getting this right for the next 12 hours, however many hours it is now. Kermit said, look, our break starts tomorrow. It doesn't start now, bags, nothing like that. It starts tomorrow. Let's go out and play a really good game against a team that they do play well against, right? They lost in Boston a few weeks ago, so that'll be in there. That'll be sticking them in a bit. But overall, that was the, the attitude from the Leafs. And on the other side, the Bruins have lost three in a row, which they yeah. don't do. So they want to get this right before their break begins as well. Can I ask Terry Koshin all-star break plans? Are you jet-setting you know away? Do you want the honest guy truth? I'm I absolutely ho- do. I'm hopping in the car. We good friends of ours live in Ottawa. We're leaving. My wife and I are leaving at 8 a.m. Friday morning to spend the weekend in Ottawa, where I believe it's going to be minus 20 this weekend. Nice. So nice. There will be, uh, Hopefully yeah. the canal freezes. I've seen this. I, Nobody's I, able to skate yeah, yeah, we are looked into that. It's not happening this weekend, unfortunately. But, uh, yeah, I, I have not searched high and low for the suntan lotion this week. <laughs> <laughs> I have no idea where it is. Well, but, we're in the exact same uh, same boat. Yeah. But, you know, just on the topic of the All-Star break, like when you look at the Maple Leafs in particular, I don't think there's a team that is that is – it's going to benefit more than Toronto. Like you look at the Austin Matthews situation yep. and that injury, and then obviously with the injury to Matt Murray, Samsonov has started, what, seven straight games it'll be tonight, eight mm-hmm. straight appearances. Yep. I mean, this this is going to be a really, really good break for a couple of guys on this team. Definitely. All teams look, look at it and say we could use the break. Guys can heal. But Austin's knee, this is perfect timing. And really, to me, it is it is with Ilya Samsonov and, and the break he's going to get now, like you're saying. He... Uh, 
He's had a long run here. We don't see these runs in the NHL anymore, the way that the goaltending is split up among, you know, probably 28, 29, 30 of the, of the 32 teams. And uh, now the, the thing is, he's, he's done great. As Sheldon Keep was saying to us the other day, he would play every night if he could. So it's not a fatigue thing. But, you know, mentally it'll be nice for him to get away and not have to think about hockey for a few days. He has played a lot. It is abnormal for any goaltender now, like we say. And it, it, it's... Um, That'll be I should, that would be a benefit. Matt Murray again a healing benefit too. Your Joe Wall maybe not for him because you're just getting into this. You, I would imagine Wall is going to play next week in the home and home against Columbus. Yeah, one of those two games he'll get in, so we don't have to wait long. But Samsonov, it's important. Uh, Matthews for sure. It's the knee. It's whatever else has been nagging him this year. You know whether he stays in Toronto to rehab, whether he heads home to Arizona for a bit. Either way, it's going to be a benefit. And then and anyone else on the team too that's dealing with these things because you know that they are right. It's just, it's just that it. time of year playing through things, but. Um, you know, and, and team-wise, they're in a good spot. So you, of course, you want to win this last game uh, tonight, but they're in a good spot in the standings. They have a lot of good things to feel about. Their decor is healthy now, but uh, it's going to be a nice mental break for all of them to get away and do what they need to do and come back to practice next Thursday and get going again. We're with Terry Koshin right now of the Toronto Sun. Leafs have the Bruins tonight at Scotiabank Arena. You spoke to the Bruins as well pregame. Yeah. Marshawn was in full Marshawn form. He was hilarious about Mitch Marner. But but he also had an interesting quote just about the Bruins' mentality. They're on this mini kind of slide, three-game slide. What did you think of the way he responded to questions about that slide and, and just the Bruins' core mentality that we've kind of all been oogling over well, since they first started to come in Toronto five years ago. Yeah, you know what? It, it, it's the... Uh, he did have some funny things to say about Mitch, but the, the respect that he has for Marner is obvious. Aside from the funny stuff, which was all good. Yeah. But the, uh, you know, the video games and the dog and that. But the, the, the... Listen, this is a team that just doesn't lose like this. I think if they lose tonight, it'll be the first time since December of 2019 they've lost four in a row. If I'm not mistaken. So... Uh, the, it was the same. It was th- coming from him. Uh, we talked to Nick Foligno as well. I, I can't remember Bergeron touched on it. He might have Montgomery did a bit, but just you know, th- their focus is uh, it's on looking ahead all the time. And it, it's funny. I, I talked to Marcin with this earlier in the year, and just that idea. You know, they haven't won since in, since 2011. It's been a long time. But he was saying to me, "Look, the, the guys who were still here that did win himself and Bergeron and a couple others." They still have that mentality, so that type of thing will see them through this. And he kind of alluded to a little bit of that. But um, listen, this is a team that it's it's an interesting thing for me when you look at the Bruins now because they are so far ahead, so they know where they are. The Leafs aren't going to catch them. I mean, that's not a knock against the Leafs, that it's not. If you believe that a, a team right now is four points out of a playoff spot, they're not going to make it. Then you can't look at the Leafs and say, okay, ten, eleven points back, they're going to catch the Bruins. Bruins just have that mentality of, of uh, we haven't accomplished anything yet. Um, Marshawn kind of alluded to that, too, that, you know, it's, it's, the regular season does count, but it doesn't in the end. And this is a team that has had some playoff success, as we all know, in Toronto in the ensuing years, right? So there's just that concentration level that they don't want to go into the break either with a loss. They know they're going to have a good game tonight against the Maple Leafs, but... Uh, you know, um, the the Bruins, uh, the luxury, or suppose, or comfort, although they, they might not look at it, is no matter what, when they wake up tomorrow morning to start their break, they're still going to have this really nice cushion in the first place and probably not a lot to worry about standings-wise. Yeah, but I, and the, to your point, like, I think there's going to be motivation on both sides to come out and have a, a good final game ahead of the All-Star yeah. break. But uh, Toronto missing one of their key pieces, obviously, with, with Austin Matthews out. And you look at the last couple of times that these two teams have met. He's been a focal point yeah. in what the Leafs have done to be able to have success. I mean, the, the 2-1 game earlier this year here at Scotiabank, 
he scored both those goals, right? Yeah. The, the only two goals there. So, I mean, how do you expect for the Maple Leafs to – who do you expect maybe to really elevate their game uh, tonight against Boston? Well, the, 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 what you're dealing with now is the matchup issue and, and the things that Matthews can do going out as your number one center that, you know, all due respect, Alex Kerfoot or Pontus Holmberg will not do for you. Yeah. Right? So that, that's just a fact of life. And uh, now having said that, the Leafs have got well, – as we, as we know, guys, the Leafs have done well – Record-wise, when Matthews has been out historically, so they've been able to overcome these things. But it's a greater challenge tonight against this hockey club. The Bruins, number you know, they're from the number one forward, uh, Marshan Bergeron, whatever you want it to be, Pasternak, down to the uh, you know, the, the fourth line and, and the people that make that up. They're just solid all the way through. So you know, the issue now with Matthews being out is not only do you not have that that uh, that matchup, the thing that you might Sheldon Keith might want. So now you're moving up a Kerfoot, and you know. Um, you don't have that the more of that depth, if you will, in the bottom six because the Bruins are so good in the bottom six. Yeah. So it'll have that impact all the way through. But again, the Leafs have got past this before. They they've shown they've demonstrated they're able to get through these things. And uh, you know, uh, the Leafs aren't aren't uh, are, are not as good without Matthews. We know that that's obvious. But they're still a really good hockey team. But you know, those things will play out in the first period, and, and then both teams I think will get into a groove, and, and things should be okay from the Leafs end. Uh, but there's, uh, they're definitely uh, they're, they're a lesser club without them. When, when it comes to the matchup game tonight in particular, uh, do you expect, I guess, like the perfection line, do you expect Tavares to get that, uh, or would you think maybe the Kampf-Engvall shutdown third pair would be get that, uh, that matchup tonight? I wouldn't be surprised if they both do. Yeah? I, I think, well, the way the situational, Keith likes to you know, look, at, look at things that way as well. You know, maybe not necessarily run with a matchup from the opening face-off and stick with it all the way through. They might both get it, but uh, you know, it'd be a good challenge. The way that John Tavares is playing this year, um, another nice challenge for them. You know, uh, with um, you know Bunting and Marner. Um, you know, I want to go back to what Brad Marson was saying earlier, Julia, just about you know the the way he respects the Mar- or Marner in all areas of the game. So, you know, that would apply tonight too if they get that matchup right against right. that line. So. I mean, I could see both, but uh, you know, uh, what do we say? Best on best, right? Yeah. And if that if that's what happens, that's what happens. But I, I think either way, Sheldon keeps got confidence in in the group to uh, to um, you know play that line well. Well, our Mark Masters is pointing out yesterday the tear that William Nylander strangely goes on whenever Austin Matthews isn't in the lineup. Yeah. I think it was 21 points in 16 games since the bubble season in games that Austin hasn't played in mm-hmm. that William has. What do you attribute that to? Well, I I just think. Uh, I don't know what you attribute it to when he's not out. Because with Willie, it's not like it's uh, suddenly greater responsibility or greater minutes. I mean, he's still going to get those minutes and that sort of thing. This overall, though, he's just taken his game to another level this year. And uh, that's being recognized throughout the league. I think, you know, take the all-star festivities for what it's worth. We all think he should be there. Yep. I don't think there's any doubt about that. I know some people are saying in Ottawa, Tim Sutzler, and Buffalo, Rasmus Dahlin. Should have replaced Matthews and not Barkoff. I would say Nylander all the way. The guy should be there. Should recognize for that. <laughs> totally. Yeah, of course. But uh, it's just a rise in his game, Julie, I think, where he is just, um, for whatever reason, this year something has really clicked with him. I mean, we saw it coming because uh, he's been a really good player for a long time. But, uh, you know, maybe Willie wouldn't acknowledge this because he, he's not overly uh, – he w- doesn't really give – away that much but maybe there is a little more incentive for him when an Austin Matthews statue player is out and he does take it up a little bit more but I don't think we'll see a huge difference now depending on how long Matthews out because Willie's just been so good 
And I just think we'll see a continuation of that. Is this just maybe the the group maturing? Are we zeroing yep. in on oh, Willie no. and it's mostly the group? Yeah, I, I think it's both. I really do. And Willie's a big part of that. You know, John Tavares has always been that mature guy. Yeah. yeah. He was that guy when they got him in 18, and, and he's the leader that way. And, you know, on the blue line, I think Giordano and Brody have been really big in that regard. But Matthews is a year older. Willie's a year older. Mitch is a year older. And that all counts for something. Has it counted yet in the spring? No, but it's going to at some point. And uh, that's a big part of it. They're, you know, the one thing that we, we can't overlook when we, do, we discuss about the, the first-round losses and all that is it's happening to the same people. So you say, okay, well, do you change it? No, you don't. You let them grow through it, and they will see the other side of it. So they're, they're maturing all in that way. But a guy like Willie, is just, it's just another step for him. You know, Mitch and oh, Austin's not going to repeat what he did last year. You, you might get close to it at some point, but it's such a great year. Mitch has been there, too, the 90-plus points and that, but... Uh, Nylander is a guy that's just that maturity, group maturity, has, has really been a benefit for. We're chatting with Terry Koshin of the Toronto Sun. Um, another one of those guys on, on the back end, one of those you know stoic, mature players, is, yeah. is Morgan Riley. Yeah. And he finally scored his first goal the other night against Washington. Um, you expecting a, a big second-half surge from yeah. him, assuming, I guess, both he and Brody can stay healthy yeah. and be pairing down the, down the stretch? I am, because now you've got uh, the group as a whole, as Sheldon likes to say, you, they, they slot in where they should be now. And we know that, you know, if, if they need to, uh, Ben and Timmons can come in and, and play well for them. It's key for Morgan Riley. He, I was talking to him yesterday after practice. Said, Look, he said, uh, the rough game in Boston a few weeks ago, we came home, we had, what, six or seven in a row at home, the game in Montreal, you know, they had that as well. But he said, I had to refocus. And he said, I think I've been better in the last half dozen games. Um, and you know what, guys, a defenseman, yes, and all that sort of thing, but he did score 20 a few years ago. So you're looking at that zero, and you know what's bugging him. One thing the teammates have said, though, that you, you don't know that you don't, it's not evidence, but yeah. you do know that it's eating at him. He scores that goal, and uh, the, the manner in which he scored it, he's not, it's not a shot from the point that's going in off someone's shin pads, the, an opposing these shin pads and in. That was a Morgan Riley goal. Yeah. He reads it. As uh, Justin All said to me yesterday, he sniffed out the play. He comes in off the blue line, and Activates. Kemper, yeah, Kemper didn't have the great positioning. Give him that, but the th- Morgan, that top corner is picked all the way, and that's the type of thing we used to see from him. Now, do you, do you say, okay, well, then the last thirty-one games, are we going to see that every other night? No, but it's a good reminder for Morgan that that's there, and for as long as he's been in the league and the contract that he has now, those players, all, the, the confidence will wane at times. He gets a boost with how he scored. And I think we're going to see a better second, or not second half, but final 30 games, like you say, from him. He just, uh, you know, the Brody now, if he can stay healthy, such a stabilizer. Right? Oh, we, we talk about it all the time. He's, so, we call him the babysitter on this show. <laughs> right. And with, with Morgan, yeah, it's a good, that's a great term for him. Maybe not when he's playing with Morgan, because Morgan's an older guy now, too. You know, as weird as it is to say that, but... Uh, this is the way he plays. You know, Morgan will be able to, quote-unquote, do his own thing with a little more um, ease and yeah. comfort. But uh, I think it should help. Now, you just keep your fingers crossed that they stay healthy and, and Keith and uh, Dean Schneel don't have to go back to uh, fielding around with the pairs again. Yeah, so where are you at with the Leafs blue line ahead of the trade deadline? Sure. Jonas Siegel brought up kind of an interesting point okay. on overdrive yesterday that Mark Giordano, for everything he's done this year, for the sweetheart deal that he's on, uh, and for how reliable he's been, do you want a 39, 38-year-old guy logging all those minutes in an 82-game season and then also logging top pairing minutes or, or top four minutes all the way through a grueling postseason run? Do you think they need to add there, or do you think they just need to 
disperse the minutes a little bit more. Well, it's a balance for Keith to strike, and I think now with the six being as it is, you will be able to balance those minutes more. So you're not going to you're not going to have to ride Giordano as hard as you have through the first 50 games here because of injuries. That's the key, you know, and that's something that unfortunately Kyle Dubas will have no control over after March 3rd. If I'm in Kyle Dubas's chair, um, I like my defense core. Are you playing Giordano a little too much? Maybe. Um, but the guy knows his body. He, he's effective at this age. And, yes, he, how, you say, look, I say, well, how can we set him up nicely for all we hope is um, a march of two rounds, or sorry, four rounds and two months in the playoffs. Is there a little bit of load management coming? Perhaps there is because they know now that, like I said earlier, Ben Timmons can come in and, and do good things for them. And Victor Mete, when he gets healthy. But the fact of the matter is you want Mark Giordano feeling good about his game and himself when April 20th, whatever it is, rolls around. And if that means he keeps playing the way he does, he keeps playing the way he does. You get to those. I, I don't see a, an issue where fatigue is going to be a, 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 a factor for him. I could be wrong on that. But he has played a lot of minutes. I know the intensity of the playoffs, everything goes up, and you're playing every other night and all that sort of thing. But uh, he has shown so far that he can handle it. If, if it gets to a point where he can't, the things too is now you, you know that Sandina and Lilligren can handle these things. Yeah. Yeah. Right? So you've got, again, that dispersal of minutes. The, the luxury the Leafs have the, the six right now is you're not looking at two guys saying, you be the two, the other four will figure that out. You know, I think I looked at it yesterday. Morgan's at 22 plus minutes, the, the leader among the whole team. Sandina's six among the D, but he's over 18. You don't see that too many too many teams. You have the 12 or 13 minute guys that you throw out every so often. And you just hope everything goes okay. Yeah. The Leafs don't have that. They have six good defensemen. Giordano, yeah. I mean, if it's smart to do the load management thing, then do it. I mean, the standings could play a factor in that too, Julia. Where you know maybe Tampa does catch them a bit here in March, and, and you you can't afford to have him sitting. But they'll figure that out. Yeah. I don't I don't think they're looking as that at that as a concern. So six good defensemen for sure. The right. point Jonas brought up yesterday that was interesting, and AB was talking about a little bit earlier in the show, is the idea of maybe having a couple different defensemen. Mm-hmm. The subtraction of Jake Muzzin in front of the net. Like who who is going to scare somebody on Tampa when they're standing in front of the net in front of you know, uh, Maroon Perry, those guys who live yes. in the crease. Yeah, like, well, you don't have that right now, do you? Well, that's the that's the right. conversation, right? Do you subscribe to the fact that maybe the Leafs do need to go out and get that guy, and maybe, maybe not, an, not a traditional upgrade, but right. just somebody a little bit well, different. would a Luke Shen help? You know, he, he could, like he, that name. But to, to the to the point, right? To the, the just for the conversation right. there, is Luke Shen a better player than the guys who are there now? Well, th- this is this is the this is the the, the line you have to toe if exactly. you're Dubas. totally. Yeah. And th- no, but is the element different? Exactly. Yes. So that's what you're dealing with here. You know, um, to the point about, you know, uh, facing off against, the, if you, you get, well, they're going to get Tampa. I think we're pretty sure about that. Yeah. yeah. And those people in front of the net, I mean, you know, Muzzin was that guy. And it's interesting. Marshan, one of the things he said today, you know, not having Muzzin hurts the Leafs because they don't have that element. But he did then mention that, you know, the veteran presence they have in Giordano and uh, Brody has helped. But, yeah, they, they don't have that right now. And, uh, you know, you look at Jordy Ben and say, can you be that guy? I don't think so. Maybe on spot duty. But yeah. then if you do acquire that person, he's got to do other things because that, that, that top six is a good top six, yeah. like we've talked about. But how do you work that element in now? Sandine the other night lays out Connor Sheary. Hell of a hit, right? Yeah. He Pitches. has those every once in a while. He, he does have those every once in a while. He does every once in a while, and that's great to see. But I know what you're getting at. Those are good things. 
But game in, game out, when you're into that game six, third period, yeah. and, and it's, it's, you know, not a winner go home, but, you know, winner move on. You, you know what I mean? Like, it's, you're going to need those types of people. Um, but again, does, does Kyle Dubas look at it and go, well, really what we need is a top six forward. We can move Kelly Yurnkrook back down to the bottom six, strengthen that, and do I use my assets for that instead? Is that what you subscribe to a little bit more? Yeah, I do. Is there anyone particular that's got your interest recently? Well, I don't know. I mean, it's it's. Uh, I know that there's been talk about Ryan O'Reilly and, and, and that veteran, uh, you know, that, that could come in and do that for them is, uh, you know, a guy like Josh Anderson in Montreal. Could he be that guy? There are a lot of uh, options, I guess, but, uh, you know, to me, that would be the move that you want to do. Um, but, again, if you're going to do that and if you're um, Kyle Dubin say, okay, well, that top six guy, then you know that something has to go out the door. Yeah. And then what are you getting into? No one wants to see a guy like Matthew Nyes go out the door, right? Uh, Kerfoot and Engvall are in expiring contracts. Uh, you know, there are a lot of things that are coming to play here, but... You know, it's uh, that would be my aim if I'm Dubas. But again, then you've got this little hole on the on the blue line, perhaps, or this little area that you don't have right now. And, but maybe you look at it and go, well, let's see if we can get by without it. Yeah, maybe it's what they'll have to do. It's it's going to be really interesting to see what Kyle Dubas does between now and the March third uh, trade deadline. Um, we're with Terry Koshin uh, of the Toronto uh, Toronto uh, Sun. Uh, so it's an interesting anniversary today. To pivot quickly, okay. Gary Bettman, right? Thirty years as the commissioner of the National Hockey League. I mean, when you look at his reign as mm-hmm. the commissioner, how would you, I guess, draw it up? Like, how do you? What do you make of Gary Bettman as the commissioner for the last thirty years? Well, he's been great for the owners. Yeah, yeah, for you sure. Know, <laughs> he's been great for the, the game. The, the the work stoppages, uh, you still look back on and go, you know, it's unfortunate these things happened. And did they have to happen? They will. He'll tell you that, and the owners will tell you, of course, that yes, they did. Uh, but you look at player salaries overall; um, they haven't moved a heck of a lot in that time period. Right? Yeah. Uh, th- this is not the, the what the the players make in the National Hockey League is by no means level with what people are making in the in in, um, in Major League Baseball, the NBA, and the NFL. And if you're you know the players, you look at it and go, well, geez, you know. That's had a, a, a significant impact on us. I mean, yeah, so from that part of it, uh, you know, definitely a, a, a pro-owner type of thing, but, you know, that's what he works for, so of course you can see that. But the game itself um, has grown in so many ways. I'm of the belief that I don't know how many more teams you want to add when, you, when you're at 32 and you can look around the league and say, okay, um, you take any team and, and pick a few players and go, you know that these guys are still playing simply because there are 32 teams in the National Hockey League now. Um, you know, there have been some things that haven't worked well. This this whole Arizona situation. Oh, just, God. Uh, just, yeah. You know, can, uh, I was down there, for the, uh, down there for the Leaf game in, uh, in, in um, last week of December, and you know, I covered the OHL for several years in the late 90s, early 2000s. Yeah, it looked exactly like the That's OHL. what it was. But and not, it looked like, not even like the Ice Dogs right. or Kitchener. I'm not going to throw shots and miss sight. It did not look good. No, it didn't. And you know what? You think, okay, well, it's unique, right? But, It'd be unique if it was packed, at least, or right, something. It was right, but, not you know, a good look. Among the Leafs, to kind of talk to you. It's like, yeah, it's a good thing we only have to do this once a year type of thing, right? It's just, It's not a good look. And... You know, you you uh, you know, you, you you in Canada, you look at it and say, well, why can't there be a team in Quebec City? Why, you know, f- why look around? And go, why not another team in the GTA? We know that 
you know, the Leafs would have a bit of a few issues with that. But yeah. Uh, yeah, so that's that's been an interesting thing. I think that you know that's probably gone on a little, gone on way too long. But um, yeah, thirty years. It's it's gone by quickly, and uh, you know, internationally. Again, you, you gotta. The game is going to be better off if you're having. We talked earlier about best on best, just about the game tonight. Right. This whole non-Olympic thing and just yeah. the, the world. It's it's just awful that you can't have these players on the same ice surface on the same team. You have Connor McDavid looking to one side. You got Brad Marchand on the other. You got Mitch Marner. You know, U.S. Uh, you know Austin Matthews and, and and the things that they could do. Uh, uh, Jack Eichel and and oh guys, I'm I'm forgetting, but. Uh, it's unfortunate that we haven't had that, and we haven't had it for a while, and there's no guarantee of, of it coming anytime soon. But I think that, you know, in the past 30 years, uh, that 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 has been an issue, and that's been missing. Yeah. Because how are you going to grow the game internationally? No, exactly. You put the best on, you know, figure it out here. So you're not everyone holding their heads saying, well, how can we uh, take a three-week break? Yeah. It, it can be done. It's it's not hard. It can be done. Yeah. Even this it year with the international series, it was like the opening game of the season. Nobody knew it was happening right. when they did have oh, that. Yeah. It was so bizarre. Yeah. I forgot. It was like the Friday before the season started. Yes. And it's like, wait, that's not a preseason game? That's yeah, I know. Game. I know. Get, yeah, what? it was weird. Yeah, when does the season start? Wait a minute. Where is it? It was, it was Finland, wasn't it, this year? Or yeah, yeah. yeah, I think it was. So, no, it starts in Finland, and you, you get kind of all that, – that's – that's good too, but you know, I wonder how much that really accomplishes, other than what's happening that weekend or whatever in that city. Right. I think you need you probably know, all hockey fans who are there already. Who right. Attend. Exactly. So you're not going to have somebody walking in going, "Oh, what's the NHL what's all about?" I'm in Finland. Of course, yeah, I know what it is. Yeah. Exactly. Right. <laughs> but you need it in the international, uh, the best on best. We see it in every sport in the Olympics, but not this one. And um, you know, I think that it's got to get back to that. Yeah. Somehow. I, I think, too, like the, the the big conversation that also comes about it is like it was under Gary Bettman that we saw the, the hard cap kind of come in and, and how little. Right. Well, this like, is how hard that's made, especially with the this pandemic the coming through, like <laughs> how hard that's made, um, like trade deadline and trades and player movement. And in general, it's just it doesn't drum up the buzz that you see in the NBA, the NFL, the the MLB. And I just wonder if I don't know if we'll ever see it because I know there's got to be a give from the, on the player side, probably about guaranteed contracts. But like that's one thing that always goes back to it is like the hard cap system yeah. and his stance on that. Yeah. Well, that's, that's a, a big black mark, I think, on on his thirty year reign. That's what I was. I, when I, I, yeah, a good way to put it, Mike. What I was getting at earlier when the owner the owners like him and all that's why. Yeah. yeah. And this whole idea that it creates parity is bunk we know that yeah. it's that's not true at all you wouldn't have the uh, you know Johnny Gaudreau going to Columbus to help something happen they're terrible Montreal's terrible there's seven or eight teams that you just look at and go you know you could create an argument as to why they might not win again this year unless they're playing each other so this whole parity thing that the cap has created is just not true and then you're right you run into the other issue now where you know, we've seen one trade, Bo Horvat going to the Isles and a package going back to the Canucks. How much more are we going to see of that between now and March 3rd of those bigger names moving? But even then, it's like it's, to make the money work, you have well, to, this you is have just to keep some this money. Is just yeah. it. You can't. You, all you these, all these bad permutations that go into it. And, and uh, you know, does Kyle Dubas maybe want a player today, but maybe he'll wait till March 2nd because. You know, that much more of that player's salary will be gone by then. I mean, that's something that they have to consideration here, yeah. given that we're there with the salary cap and just the fact that it hasn't gone up because of COVID and all this sort of thing. 
it, it's uh, difficult circumstances. And you're right when you're when you're of the four major league sports in the continent, and you are number four in that in that category. We're not in Canada, but yeah. just across the board, you do need to have ways to make that to draw that fan in more. Maybe the casual fan, and when the bigger names aren't moving and uh, the trade deadline, and and the teams that are at the top can't make those moves because they're you know they're uh, hamstrung yeah. by the cap. Yeah. That's not good for the game overall. No. And again, if you're going to fall back and say, well, it strengthens all team. No, it doesn't. It doesn't. <laughs> just doesn't. No, no, I completely agree. So, you know, that's, that's, that, but that's always getting out with her earlier with the old being on, being with the owners and, and, and how he's helped them and all that. But, uh, you know, the, um, it, it's, uh, it's, it's going to be interesting month. How much longer could he go? Like, how much longer could he really no go idea. at this? I don't know. It, it's a good question. But, you know, if, if he then goes one day, does Bill Daly then take over? We'll, we'll have to see. But, uh, you know, Bill and, and uh, Gary Batman have worked in tandem for quite a few years Yeah, now, so who right? knows how much different things will be <laughs> yeah. under, right. uh, under his, his underlink. Yeah, like, I don't, I don't, want, to, I don't want to say, oh, the game's in dire straits. It's not, that's not it at all. But there are, are ways that it can be improved, and the international stage is one of them for sure. And then, you know, trying to get around how teams can make themselves better um, yeah. and, 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 and use those assets that they have to, to win cups. And it's also like silliness of the fact that they announced the All-Stars at like 10.30 Eastern time. And it's like, why, you know why would you do that at that? Like, it just doesn't make a whole lot there's, of sense. There's, there's, uh, just silly things. Yeah, and this whole idea, like even getting down to that, again, what, what you may think of the All-Star weekend, I don't know. We all have our own opinions about it, but one for each team. Does a, does a kid in Columbus get up to it? They didn't even stick to it. You know what I mean, though? <laughs> yeah. like, like it's just, come on. Willie Nealander's having the season of his life. He's on pace for everything personally. And I don't take anything away from Mitch Marner. I think maybe does Willie get in if Mitch doesn't go on the 23-game run, perhaps, yeah. as he voted in? Or is he or is he picked initially, maybe? But he should be there. Oh, I, I, uh, All-Stars, he should be there. You're not going to get an argument from me. either you know, one of us. 100% he yeah. should have been the Leafs' uh, original selection. Yeah, and, and, and not, again, no knock on Mitch, but uh, this, again, this whole idea that, oh, we have to have representation in the division of this and <laughs> send your best <laughs> this, players. If there's anything that uh, I think we've, we've grown to, to know about Nylander, though, I don't think he, it hurts him that bad that he'll have uh, 10 days off. His legs are packed. Himself. He's we, ready to get the braids. In the past 30 seconds, we've spent more time talking about it than Willie's thought about oh, yeah. it. Oh, yeah. yeah. I would put I'm money not going? on that. Cool. Yeah. All right. Perfect. Yeah. On we go. Exactly. I, uh, yeah, I, I don't think there's any no. uh, any doubt there. But, again, you know what? Hey, we can all say that we, he, he should be there because he, do, he has deserved it. But maybe it's a good thing he doesn't really care too much about it because he knows he has bigger things he wants to accomplish. Yep, and, uh, you know, a few more years for him to get that all-star nod. I'm sure it'll come from at some point. Uh, really appreciate taking the time to, to come yeah. up and join us here, Terry, and, you know, changing around the schedule there last second. Oh, yeah, really no problem. It. Yeah, it was great. Thanks for having me, guys. Yeah, absolutely. Very we'll uh, we'll get you back on again real soon, and enjoy the game tonight. Will do. It's going to be a good one. It will be indeed. You can listen to it right here on TSN 1050. Puck drop at 7.30 starts at 7 p.m. Uh, that was Terry Koshin of the Toronto Sun. Uh, I'm Mike DiStefano with Julia Tashiri. Leafs Lunch continues on TSN 1050. Matthews has done it again! Now, back to Leafs Lunch on TSN 1050. The Leafs live here. Wednesday? Wednesday? Mm. What? What Wednesday? Time for Word Association Wednesday on Leafs Lunch. One word, full of meaning. What is that word? Word. Word. 
Leaf's Lunch is brought to you in part by 2for1pizza.com. Try 2for1pizza's new goat pizza with goat cheese and mozzarella, crispy bacon strips, and red onion finished with their delicious balsamic glaze. Visit 2for1pizza.com. Welcome back. What, are you about to make fun of me for the read I just did? No, 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 okay. no. That was I thought you were ready to read. mock me. I thought no. you were just going to make a balsamic glaze joke or something. But I, I love a good balsamic glaze. <laughs> so do I. Do. It's a game changer. It uh, is. Uh, on a pizza, on a on a salad, on a... Well, I'm a big, I mean, Italian, so it wouldn't surprise you, but like a caprese salad? Oh, game oh, changer. Oh, do I dummy one of those bad boys? You yeah. put a little balsamic glaze on that thing? That's Ooh. the game changer, because the balsamic vinegar, vinegar is the original, but when you get into glaze it's territory... Glaze. Yeah, a little sweetness to it. That's Delicious. a turning point. That's yeah. a turning point. I might have to do that at some point this week. I think I go buy me some tomatoes. Uh, love it. Love it, love it, love it. What I was going to say, though, uh, I just I was going to, uh, the song that we have for like the word associated oh, yeah. Wednesday, groovy. That's what I associate that song with, groovy. That is groovy. It's a groovy tune. I feel like we're a crime-fighting duo in the 70s when that comes Right, <laughs> right? Like like it, totally, it's, it totally reminds me of the 70s. It's just a, a groovy tune. But crime-fighting, like you and I, like driving around, solving mysteries. We mysteries are. like Howard Leaf's gonna get past the first round. No, what's the right. word? One do, hockey do, do. mystery at a time. <laughs> yes. Okay. So now let's get into word association Wednesday. Um, okay. Let's play this Brad Marchand audio that we were talking about with Terry, so so we can let you all in on the laughs we were having about it. Brad Marchand and what he had to say about Mitch Marner. There's not really many guys that like to get into it. Mitch is out there talking about video games and his dog and <laughs> <laughs> those terrible new skates that he's got out. But, uh, yeah, other than that, um, it's not a whole lot of guys that like to get into it. <laughs> so he said that, but then he went on to be very complimentary of, of all the things he respects yeah. about Mitch Marner uh, as a player. So, so what comes to mind when you hear Brad Marchand make those comments about Mitch Marner? Uh, personality. You know, it's yeah. it's nice. It's nice to have personality in the game sometimes, right? And like that's just somebody who you don't see every now and then, but sometimes he shows it, and it's always a a good laugh. Yeah. Like we talk about this. I think last time the Bruins actually they were, they were playing, we had um, oh, I can't remember her name, but we we had her on. She's from Toronto now, covering oh Sophia in Boston. Sophia, yeah. right? With the last name that I butchered, uh, Yerskovich. Yep. Let's go. Um, talking about you know what Brad Marchand, her how her perception of him changed when she went and began covering the team, and she said so much like the guy's just like such a, an absolute beauty, like on and off the ice. Well, more so off the ice actually, right. <laughs> but beauty in terms of his skill level. But you know he's somebody who doesn't often show you that personality, but when he does, it, it's always a treat because I always I always get a good laugh out of it. Yeah. So I think I think it's it's nice when you know. You see the star players of the league, which you don't see that often, showing a little bit of personality. Mine is just Brad. He's so uniquely Brad Marchand. Oh, Brad. There was, there's no one truly <laughs> like him from the licking to the – remember that – like he's been notoriously bad sometimes. I remember one – postseason he was really mad about something during a postseason running refused to answer any questions from the media i remember bless his heart doing this one interview with brad marchand where he would only answer in yes or no questions answers rather (laughs) but but even on twitter now ab i don't know if you've kept up with brad marchand's twitter antics lately but he weighs in on trade proposals he shoots from the hip and the replies right constantly in the past couple of days so he's just uniquely brad marchand there's no one else like it him rather though though i wish 
there were more Brad Marchands in the game because it's highly entertaining. Well, and he's just a great player on top of that. But, so yeah, it's like in addition the, to all of those things. On and off the ice, this this league could use a, a couple more Brad Marchands. As much as, like, he's the league's biggest pest, it at least is entertaining. Yeah. Like, it, it always is. Uh, all right. Next one we got here, JT. Uh, Mitch Marner's Miami Vice skates. We mentioned them yesterday. They're white. They're pink. They feature his dog. They feature a shark. His dog's on it? Yep. And a little shark. Uh, I think his dog's name is Zeus. Yep. Zeus is also featured. My word is juicy because that's <laughs> Mitch Marner's favorite word. That's that's his word. He's looking juicy when he has those skates on. It feels kind of weird coming out of my mouth. I, I don't think I'm going to say it a third gosh, time. Yeah, I was going to use that word. You too, were going to use juicy? Because <laughs> that's the word he used. Well, you got to stop hanging out so much. <laughs> that's the word that he He's like, oh, they're juicy. Like, he literally used that word yeah. to describe he them. He used juicy to the TNT panel about his yeah. pregame fit earlier that's his, this year. That's his new thing. Remember, actually, he said he used groovy once upon a time, now that I recall. Um... Okay, let me think of a, a new word for Marmer. Marner's Miami Vice Skates. You know what I'm going to use? Finally. Yeah. Finally. Okay. Finally, you know, we talk about Brad Marchand and the personality, and, and you know, that's just, like, literal personality. But we see this in, in basketball all the time where guys design their own shoe, and it, it – it, I mean, they get shoe deals. Any Anyone who dribbles a basketball nowadays gets themselves a shoe deal. Right. Which is good for the player, right? We're talking about player empowerment and being able to – Maybe this is the start of players getting some, like, skates deals. Like, they could design their own skates. We could see it out on the ice. And I know that he's not going to wear these skates in particular out on the ice. And he said, like, oh, the white ones. He's not going to wear them in a game. But maybe we get to a point where these guys can design their own skates. Yeah. And they could show a little bit of their own flair in their equipment. We saw Austin Matthews had that earlier this season with the Sick Kids ugly sweater skates. Right. That he put away. Like, you know, I think that would be really cool if we get to a point where that's maybe normalized. And, you know, these guys can market these skates in the way that, you know, LeBron has his sneakers. And, like, Curry has his sneakers. Is this another avenue that we can get payers, players paid potentially with, with like skate deals? Yeah, you know, like that—that's kind of what went through my mind. That's Maybe cool, we can Amy. normalize this. Yeah, yeah. There's definitely Finally. something there in terms of customizable skates. Austin Matthews, kind of the OG with that, with all of his skate skins, and he started it with the—he had the skins for his stick. And yeah. I know the Leafs are all Nylander has the the CN Tower on his stick and stuff, and the Toronto Skylines. They're into the customizable I think the Skylines on, on Marner's skates too, right? It's yeah. Got the, the, the Toronto Skyline yeah. on them. They're cool. Um, oh, this is interesting. Uh, we had this game on TSN last night. I don't know if any of you checked it out, but it was the Ottawa Senators versus the Montreal Canadiens. Not mm-hmm. quite the Bedard Bowl, but uh, especially with Ottawa on this tear. They're not in the Bedard Bowl at all, so I won't even throw any chirps around about it. But uh, Brady Kachuk's hit on Arbor Jack High and the subsequent events that unfolded as a result of it. So to, to recap for you all who might not have caught that game, uh, Arbor Jack High has become notorious for the reverse hit this year, and he went to pull the reverse hit on Brady Kachunk, and Brady buried him from behind. Yeah. Which, I don't know how I feel about. Like, if you're avoiding a, a reverse hit, I don't know how I feel uh, about the fact that Brady leaned back into it. So I don't think too much about the hit itself, because it was Brady getting himself out of a... Like, Jack is notorious for this reverse hit that he's been doing a lot all year. Yeah, I, it, it, it's tricky because typically, you know, when you see the numbers... You can't see the numbers. Right? You can't see the numbers. Right, don't make that hit, right? So that that's where it comes tricky, where it's like, okay, he clearly yeah. put force, and he's in a weird position. He's right along the boards, and he goes head first into the boards. It's so a dangerous hit to lay on Jack Eye's part, but was, he's into the reverse hit, like I said. Right, so it, it is weird to look at that hit and... and 
you know, not have, I guess, feel for, for Jackie on that one. But what I'm going to use as my word to discuss this is uh, don't want to go there. Where? I'm going to go there. It's not necessarily the hit, but I'm going to use the word cowardly. Okay. Okay, because later on in that game, after Brady Kachuk lays that hit on Arbor Jackye, which we we know, like, dangerous hit. That's that's a hit that typically you see a response come like, from. Like, Jackye wants it here. Bad. Right. So Jackye goes to respond a this little bit is, later yeah. in the game, and Brady Kachuk says, no guy, I'm not fighting you. Well, I mean, when you lay a dangerous hit like that. That guy's laughing at him. Look, he was just laughing at him. And, and Kachuk's, here's the thing, though. Like, Kachuk's a, a big boy. Like, that's a dude who typically likes to throw it down. I mean, what does that say about Arbor Jackye that even, like, Brady Kachuk, Okay, so I don't think it has it anything to do with that. Let's what look do you at think it has nothing to do with it? Let's look at the score. It's 3-2 Ottawa yeah. in the dying seconds of the second period. I, I'm just, like, thinking of this from Brady Kachuk's perspective. Brady Kachuk is probably the most important player that the Ottawa Senators Yeah, but Senators if you're burying have. a guy from behind and he comes and he says, excuse me, I didn't appreciate that, let's go, you kind of have, like, the code is there that you, you got to give him that fight, no? Not in that moment. Not in a one-goal game that Ottawa kind of has to win if they're going to continue to play relevant hockey. Not mm. when you're Brady Kachuk and you're going to fight uh, Montreal's goon defenseman, who's, like... Well, that's what I mean. So what does yeah. it say about, like, Arbor Jacki and the respect that he's gained for being that goon defenseman on the league? What I'm saying that's is it's not that, about his respect. But... It's about the point that they were at in the game, I think. Yeah. I mean, fair I, enough. I don't think Kachuk yeah. was scared for that fight. I think it mo- had more to do with where the Sens were at in, in that game particularly. And Kachuk yeah, taking himself out of the fight versus... Because that's the thing you always hear about, and I remember getting... Not that I was a leader or anything, but it was always like, don't be an idiot with that player and go to the box because you're a better player than that person. And they're taking you with them and taking you out of the game. Right. So that's what that looked like more to me. I know Kachuk was getting shredded for it last night, but I, I'm honestly giving him the benefit of the doubt on this one in so that he wasn't scared. So what's your word? What's my word when use? I think of Brady Kachuk's hit on Arbor Jacki? I don't know, the hit specifically, Grease. It was a little Grease, but yeah. I, again, like we went through the whole thing. It was re- Jack, I was going for the reverse hit, and Brady leaned into it. So it, it's so unique that I, I, I have a hard time calling it completely Grease, because how do you not lean into it if you see it coming, right? Yeah, no, so that's, a, that's a, a fair point there. All right, let's do uh, one last one here. Oh, God. I feel like you'll feel more strongly about this than I do. Brady's Retirement 2.0. What comes to mind? I have two, uh, minus two words. Okay. Team Giselle. <laughs> oh, come on. Come I'm Team on. Giselle till I die. He should have just retired last year. He should Save the marriage, he save the family. Nobody would have had to watch that kind of everything that ensued this year and, and how he clearly got some cheek filler that didn't work out very well <laughs> and everything that went on the field as well. Like he, he should have spared himself. He should have spared his family. Team Giselle forever. I don't like how <laughs> the cheek filler comment was just so Well, it looks terrible. He's rich enough that he could afford someone a little bit better. Um, I mean, I'm like, congratulations. Like c- c- congratulations so on uh, on a historic career. He's the goat. Yeah, like goat is another word that you can throw out there. Like honestly, um, and this is coming from a guy who did nothing but root against Tom Brady his entire career. Yeah, like I, I grew up a, a Colts fan. It was always Peyton Manning versus Tom Brady. Though that was the marquee matchup of the year every single season, whether it was in the regular season or uh, you know on route blocking the Colts' chances to go to a Super Bowl. Right, like uh, oftentimes the the it was like they were like the Boston Bruins for the Colts uh, in a way to get past the Patriots. Eventually they did and won a, a Super Bowl. But 
that's besides the point. Um, they did a lot more. But, like, congratulations. Like, the, the guy won, what, seven Super Bowls and uh, did it with two different franchises, owns many, many records. Um, just a, a remarkable career for Tom Brady. And, you know, waking up this morning to uh, a nice little retirement video, and I thought it was good. You know, he just said, I'll, I'll be short and sweet and get to the point. I'm done. Okay, like, so I, somebody posted that video and was like, is this AI generated? Because it actually, something about Tom Brady and the way he was moving that video was bizarre. The second hilarious commentary I saw about that video was, imagine you're out walking your dog on the beach one morning, got, and you in, see Tom Brady retiring, sitting in the sand, yeah. making his retirement video. Yeah, but, uh, no, I mean, it's it's... Sad to see the legends of the game go. Like I, I mean, when Sid finally Don't hangs him up, do not go there that's on this gonna Wednesday. Like. It's going to be. I can't even compare these two things because I, I respect Tom Brady. I respect that he's the goat in that specific sport. But I was like, but like that's more what, of a that, hockey that, person. That's what Tom Brady is to like football people, right? I'll like he's what he's what Sidney Crosby yeah. is to a lot of to a lot of our generation. Right? I'm sure it's the same way with like Wayne and Mario to the yeah. generations prior. Like this is our this is our guy. Sidney Crosby, and, and like that's Tom Brady for the last 20 years. He's been that guy in the NFL. Have you ever shed so. a tear at a retirement of an, a, a professional athlete? No, I don't, I don't think so. I don't think I have after, but I will cry when Crosby you retires. Think, you think Sid, Sid will get you? Sid will get me. Yeah. OV2. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. Let's That's ask Twitter. Has many, anyone many, cried when a professional yes. athlete di- uh, died? Has anyone cried when a I professional athlete that. retired? Yes, of course, when they die. But has anyone cried when a professional athlete retires? Please let us know. Leafs Lunch 1050 or 105050. Yeah. That does it, though, uh, for Tom Brady's career, and that does it for Word Association Wednesday. Fun uh, segment that we love to do here each and every Wednesday on Leafs Lunch. On the other side, we'll get back into tonight's game. Leafs Bruins 7.30 here at Scotiabank Arena. You can wa- listen to it on TSN 10.50. And uh, Puck Picks coming up next. This is Leafs Lunch on TSN 10.50. The Leafs live here. It's time for Puck Picks with Professor Al's brother. Back to school. Back to school. Jackpot. Leafs Lunch is brought to you by Vanilla Beans of Prepaid Cards, available for purchase at Petro Canada, the perfect gift for any occasion, and it is the perfect time for Professor Al's brother's Puck Picks. Yes, it is, and I don't think you'd be surprised to see the Boston Bruins favorite in this one. No Austin Matthews. They're a team that, you know, wants to come in and, and you know, get a victory over the Maple Leafs so they can go in not on a four-game losing streak. So they are favored uh, minus 130 on the FanDuel Sportsbook app. A couple of props that I like, though. A couple props. I'm, I'm not, I don't know how the game's going to go in terms of the total or who's going to win, so I'm sticking to the prop market for tonight's game. I like Nylander to score an anytime goal, plus 155. He's got 10 goals in the 16 games without Austin Matthews. He's got six goals his last seven. He was the second star of the week. He's really a guy who likes to elevate his game, and tonight they're going to need that out of him in order to stand a chance to beat the Boston Bruins. So I like Nylander, anytime goal tonight. I also like John Tavares, over three and a half shots. 
Pam minus 104. He's averaged 5.2 shots over his last five games. And also, without Austin Matthews, he might get a couple more looks on the power play. Could get a couple more shots off there. So I do like uh, uh, Tavares to go over the number of three and a half shots on goal. And here's a new one that I haven't placed many wagers on this year. But I'm looking at the highest scoring period. The second period. Okay, it's paying plus 255. The Leafs, Leafs have some magic going in the second. They do. It's their highest scoring period of the season, in particularly at home by a large margin. Ooh. And it also happens to be the period where the Bruins allow their most goals while they're on the road. You got that long <laughs> wow. change. Yep, you got that long change. That's the tremendous information. Yeah, that's, that a, that, that's a tremendous information piece <laughs> for sure. And, and like that long change is always a, a big thing, right? But then you get mo- momentum and, and you start to get the emotions of a game start to come through in the second period. So I think the second period is the highest scoring period tonight. And again, that pays plus 255. All three of those bets can be Placed on the FanDuel Sportsbook app. Love it. Um, we put out earlier, if anyone had cried at athlete retirement, someone, Any Jason, responses? has tweeted us that he cried when Dougie Gilmore had his retirement ceremony and Wayne Gretzky. My dad has almost also chimed in and said uh-huh. that he cried when Wayne Gretzky retired, which was shocking information to me. One, because I don't know that I've ever seen my dad cry. And two, he, I didn't even know he liked Wayne Gretzky. <laughs> well, it's just a Tom Brady. It's the exact yeah. same thing, right? It's like the GOAT. You just you may have hated him, but you respect him, and he's the GOAT. All right, we got to fly, JT. Good luck on the panel tonight. You'll be taking on, uh, well, you're not taking on, but you got Connor Bedard in action Me tonight. Me and Connor Bedard, 1v1, baby. Hitman in the Pats. <laughs> sellout for the Calgary Hip 19. At the Saddle Dome. At the NHL Saddle Dome. Crazy. That's crazy. Uh, you can watch that uh, on TSN tonight. Uh, but that does it for us today. You can listen to the Leaf game uh, ahead of that one. And it'll be here on TSN 1050. 7.30 is your puck drop. I'm Mike DiStefano with Julia Tashiri. If you missed any of today's show, you can find it on TSN1050.ca. Gameplay coming up next with Maddie Cause.